Welcome to the Beyond Transcripts podcast. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Melody. Today we're going to talk about homeschooling year-round versus homeschooling for a traditional school year. But first, Melody, what have you been up to since I last saw you? I have been, uh, well, I rearranged in my house because we had time, you know, more time at home. So I'm getting to some projects that I have been on the back burner for a long time because there was a let more opportunity to do so some of those things you've got to do like if you're going to organize a closet takes a while because you have to make a big mess and pull everything out before you get it all put back in so i um, took advantage of our extra time at home to tackle some big projects and i started some new fun things like some crochet and some macrame and some just some fun things that i never seem to have time to do oh that's wonderful i um crocheted a bit when i was a kid and I keep thinking that I want to go back to it. And again, uh, time. <laughs> we're not we're not going out and about. We're sheltering at home. So that is a good time to, to learn new skills and to get some projects done. I just told my husband that I thought maybe I should start working on um, our second bathroom that needs some repair. Mm-hmm. Starting to get the surfaces prepped and buy some supplies, uh, like um, some stuff for the toilet to get the toilet working and all. So yeah, it's a good time to focus on things you can do mm-hmm. and keep your keep your spirits up by um, having good tasks that occupy your time and occupy your mind. I bought equipment to start making my own almond milk at home. Oh. I'm really excited about that because we're a non-dairy family Mm -hmm. and we use a lot of almond milk. And I'm interested to see how much better it might be if I make it myself. I want to hear updates on that later. I'm really interested in that. Uh, We tried oat milk, which was pretty good. So just... Yeah, apparently with these bags that I bought, you can make oat milk. You can make all different kinds of nut milk. So um, it's really funny. My husband keeps saying... Oh, you know, be careful when you milk those nuts. They have really little udders because he thinks he's super funny. <laughs> but that is kind of funny. That is funny. Yeah. So, well, it sounds like we're both trying to make good use of the time that we have. And I think that's a, a good way to deal with stressful and changing times. I think so. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and get into our topic today. Um, we're talking again about homeschooling year round versus a traditional school year. And Melody, tell me what it was that you all did and how you liked how I it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we started out with the traditional school year. I think a lot of people do. And so, and I did a lot of planning and preparation this summer before we were going to start. And then we just started the day after Labor Day, even though our local schools were starting halfway through August. I, we just wanted to wait. And so we you know, did our regular 180 days of instruction. We homeschooled five days a week and took off, kind of followed the public school calendar. And that worked well for a pretty long time because I had young children and that routine and that repetition was really beneficial for early readers and early math. And we did that for years. And then the longer we homeschooled, the more adjustments we made so that our calendar fit our family. But over the last, somewhere in the last 10 years, we made a significant change and began to just keep on going. I think it's because we had some record heat in Texas one summer. It was too hot to go outside and play when you've got, you know, 105. And I mean, it was just sweltering. 
And so the children needed things to occupy their time, and somebody started pulling out uh, some of their schoolwork for fun, which was kind of interesting. <laughs> and um, Homeschool kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's fun, good. So we uh, picked up some stuff, and then the we were still officially off. It was summer. But the next fall, we said, why don't we just see if we just keep going how long, you know, will we finish up? My my concern was, would we have those 180 days of instruction, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we just started counting. We kept a tally on our little chalkboard, and that gave us such freedom because of the time when we started, we didn't know, but we had a lot of health challenges and some different things that occurred that year. But because in the back of my mind, I knew that I had all 365 days of the year if I wanted them, for those 180 days of instruction, I did not stress out about that at all. And we just kept going. And every time we, you know, sat down and started school, we would count that as the next day. And by the time, you know, May rolled around, we were almost at our 180 days. So and you did it from May to May? Was that how it... Well, we ended up, we we officially, we took off in... Um, uh, May, I think we took off a month, and then we picked back up, but by the time it was September, we got back around to like, okay, it's Labor Day, we had gone well over uh, oh, wow. that 180 days, and they had already moved into the next grade level, so we just kept going. The benefits for us were huge, and we enjoyed the 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 absence of stress of any kind over, got to finish this book by the end of this year, that uh, we just adopted that for the rest of our homeschooling years, and at that point, I had three at home doing school and the other fellow kids had graduated. So it was a little more leisurely for those younger three than it was for my older four. Mm-hmm. What do y'all do? Well, you know what? I've always done a traditional school year and I think it's because by the time, so I started with a traditional school year and then when you wrap up and you're all done with your curriculum, you kind of just don't want to do anything else. <laughs> And I I really enjoy summer and getting outside and having not very much of a schedule. That's what we always did. And it worked really well. However, when we started back to school in August, and we always, sometimes we started in August, sometimes September, we always had people who acted like it was a shock to their system that we were going to (laughs) start back up to school. And they acted like they had never seen math. And mm-hmm. it was uh, it was hard on the kids and it was hard on me when we started back up. So I've been contemplating doing school year round with my seven-year-old. And we kind of did it a little bit as far as math last year because I didn't get his math curriculum until about six weeks after we had started school. So when I finished all of his subjects... We still had plenty of math left to do, and he didn't seem to mind. And so now I'm really contemplating the merits of maybe homeschooling year-round. Also, in 2018, we traveled. We left our home right after Thanksgiving, and we traveled through Arizona and up through uh, Colorado, and we spent a month in the Denver area, and then we traveled home in January And we took off time from school. We did pack up his books. Uh, A lot of them were put on my tablet, which was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And we did continue to school. But I think if I had not had the pressure of knowing that I wanted to finish the curriculum, that it was laid out to finish in the end of May, that it probably would have been more enjoyable. And maybe we wouldn't have had to worry so much about 
also during school while we are traveling. So I'm thinking about trying to do year-round schooling because I think, uh, number one, it probably will keep my son busier throughout mm -hmm. the year. And kids with too much time on their hands just tend to want to watch TV and eat all the food in the house. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I also think that, uh, like you found, it might make it more relaxing to do your schoolwork and to to put school into your life. Right. So I'm thinking about it. Did you notice any downsides to when you were doing traditional school versus doing the year-round schooling? Which Which one do you think had more downsides for you? That's a good question. I think that um, it's not really a downside that the, the, what am I trying to say? The traditional school year with the big break, um, the downside was that review, that was so much more review was needed when we got started again in September, which is not necessarily a, a bad thing. Review is always good. But I also noticed after a break, some in some areas, their skill level had taken a leap forward because they had time to have some free time to just, you know, ruminate on things and do some exploration and try some new things. So I suppose it balances itself out. But for us, and because my children were older when we started that year-round schooling, we liked it better. And um, it gave us the opportunity to pause school for some times when, like in the spring, we're going to put in a garden. Oh, sure. And then all hands on deck. And that was, you know, some of the, we usually would go ahead and do math because math has a definite start your lesson and now it's finished. But for some of the other things, we could pause or we could use that for the science and not keep up with that part of our curriculum, substituting something else. But it also let us travel if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then when we had some illness in the family, we could just stop and know that when the crisis was over, we could pick it back up again. Um, you know, year-round schooling doesn't necessarily mean school every day for all the whole year. It just meant that we were on this particular school year for however long it took us to finish it. Right. And, um, like, I have a friend who has seasonal work in the fall, Thanksgiving, October, November, December. That's their summer. Oh, okay. So they kind of do a traditional school year, but they start in January or February, and then they just keep going until they finish, but they know that they're going to be taken off on those three months when her at-home workload is much higher. Oh, that's really smart, yeah, to and, use your... Because we're not required in Texas to certain hours or certain days or certain times of the year. We can choose to do that. Some states aren't as lenient. That's true. For example, I know uh, someone who is homeschooled in New York, and they are required to put in so many hours a day, and they have to keep a log. Wow. And, yeah, so that, if you're doing it year-round, you can still do that. Um, it just takes some more creativity. And every state has its own regulations. I feel fortunate to homeschool mm -hmm. here, but I also am glad to know that I could homeschool in any state, um, if I chose to, if we moved to another state, it did just have to be uh, little adjustments along the way. So when you were mentioning that you noticed your child's learning had taken a leap during that break, I noticed that with one of my kids where he was having a hard time reading. So I just took a break from reading instruction. I read to him 
but I didn't require him to do any reading drills or any of those types of activities. I gave him a break. Really, I think it was a couple of months. And when we picked it back up, his brain had been working in the background. Oh, yes. And he, he did make some strides in his reading. So I think that if you don't choose to do year-round homeschooling, you don't have to worry that you're going to be at a disadvantage. Oh, I don't think so. Because you still have a break in the summer. It's just that your break is all together mm -hmm. instead of scattered mm -hmm. throughout the year. I remember reading, I don't remember the homeschool family's name, but they did year-round schooling, but not in the really sweet, relaxed way that you're describing yours. They did theirs in such an intensive way that their children um, actually completed almost two grade levels in a year because of the way they were doing their education. Wow. So some of their children, by the time they were 12, were completing high school or nearly completing high school, and then they went off to college. I don't know if that is a fit for anybody listening to us, but it's certainly not a fit for me. However, that's the beauty of homeschooling, is that you do have those choices that you can make about how you're going to do your school. We're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsor, and when we get back, we're going to discuss more about the pros and cons of each schooling choice and what curriculum might be useful for year-round schooling versus traditional year schooling. Our podcast is sponsored by Transcript Maker. It's an online service that allows you to create professional transcripts from your home. Now, Melody, I know that you didn't get to use Transcript Maker when you were making transcripts for your kids, but your kids have kids that they're homeschooling, and have you talked to them about Transcript Maker? I have. I've talked to my kids and told them uh, that this is a much better way, and then I also have had some classes or mentoring type opportunities with homeschoolers, and I tell them about Transcript Maker, and one of my friends, uh, a veteran homeschool mom like myself, loved Transcript Maker. She was so excited to find that it was still going strong and available and I'm happy to share with other people so that more people would know there is an easier way than the way I did it. Yes, it is such a help because we're homeschool parents, we're so busy, and we really do not have time to become an Excel expert. No, no. We don't. And there are transcript programs that I've seen out there, and they don't do all the things that Transcript Maker does. Transcript Maker allows you to create a GPA for each semester if you want to, as well as an overall GPA. Transcript Maker allows you to modify how you list your topics, your subjects. You can list your courses by subject or by year, such as freshman year, sophomore year, etc. Oh, right. You right. can choose from different grading scales. You can choose a numeric grading scale. You can choose um, a grading scale that goes up to 4.33, or you can choose a 4.0 grading scale. It's got a lot of choices, and we know homeschoolers are very individualistic, mm -hmm. and so not no one size fits all. And thankfully, Transcript Maker understands that because the creator of Transcript Maker was also a homeschooled person himself. Oh, no so, wonder. He thought of all the things that we might not have been aware of as far as options. Right. Yeah. How fortunate that this homeschooled man grew up and became a programmer and created this great product. 
And one of the great things about it is you can get an absolutely no obligations 14 day free trial at www.transcriptmaker.com. Just choose the homeschool plan and give it a test drive and see if it suits your needs. Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts. Alrighty, well, let's get back to our discussion of homeschooling year round or using a traditional school year model. So if you're going to homeschool year round, do you think, Melody, that certain curriculum lends itself to that? Um, we use such a variety of curriculum. We found that almost anything was worked for that really well. Any kind of textbook where your lessons are already obviously planned out for the next one. That works really well because particularly in math, you could just do the next lesson. And even when we did this, I still planned as if we were going to do our schoolwork, you know, day after day. And for a lot of the time, we did, you know, four or five week, four or five days every week of school, and we just progressed through. We um, so I had all that planned out as if we were going to do our school from September to May. But I just had the option of making sure I got to the end of it or hoping that we did by the following September. And we still took a month off in the summer. But um, those textbook things that are already planned like that make it easy. Those lessons are numbered. You can see clearly if you're making progress and kind of figure out if you're tracking along so that you'll finish in a timely fashion. Um, so those were very handy. Unit studies and Charlotte Mason tend to not be so locked into time periods. Uh, but we used um, we used our time. If we did a unit of study, we would take a break at the end of that one before we picked up another oh, one. Oh, that's nice. It gives you a built-in period where you can say, oh, we've completed this, mm -hmm. and now we'll take a little break. Right. That also we... gave me time to gather materials for the next unit. Gave the kids time to like think about maybe consolidate some learning that mm -hmm. had done. Um, we might use it as a review time. Uh, or we might just take a flat-out break from everything. Sometimes we work so hard and are so focused, we just need a break. And the public school does that, too. You've got a Thanksgiving break. You've got a winter break. There are holidays scattered throughout the months. Um, and um, sometimes we took those holidays with them, and sometimes we just kept going, just depending on where we were in our learning. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. What do you think about curriculum fitting into those two models? Um, yeah, I've been a Charlotte Mason homeschooler for quite a few years now, and it's it would be a really great way to homeschool because a lot of what you learn is tied to seasons of the year. Charlotte Mason method mm -hmm. encourages you to do nature study, and so that would be great because if you take off in the summer, you're going to miss some of those nature study opportunities as being part of a curriculum. I mean, I try to get out and enjoy the, we the the temperatures and the weather and the plants that are growing all seasons of the year, but I don't necessarily make it a focused learning. In fact, yesterday when we went to the park um, and observed our social distance during this <laughs> coronavirus, we saw clovers growing, and I hadn't seen clover in a while. And I took a picture of it, and I pointed it out. And then when I got home, I was reading something about foraging, and it said you could actually eat it which I didn't right. know. And that wasn't part of a curriculum, but I have the book. Um, oh, I can't remember. It's a something book of nature studies. It's this gigantic book. Oh, 
Yes. Yeah, Anacom stocks. And, mm-hmm. Yes, and and I'm sure that it probably talks about clover in there somewhere, and I could probably incorporate that into a lesson plan. So I think that it probably is a really good style of learning to marry with year-round um, schooling. And, you know, you were talking about breaks, and it's really interesting because in Arizona, the kids go back to school like in the beginning of August. And so about six weeks in, they take a fall break. Oh, and well, that I, makes sense. Yeah, I have nieces and, and nephews that go to school in Arizona, and I said, they're on a fall break. Oh, well, that's really a great idea, because I kept thinking, why do they make them go to school at, at the beginning the, of August? But it's so hot there, it makes sense. Right, it does make sense. And so, then the weather gets nice in the fall, and you want to spend more time outside. Right, right. Now, I like I said, I always did a traditional school year, but I would take off the whole month of December. Because there's so, so much we. going on. Yeah, there's so much going on in it's December. Christmas schooling is what we that's called that. exactly That's exactly what we called it. Um, yeah, so during Christmas school, what we did is we practiced our penmanship mm-hmm. by writing notes in Christmas cards or addressing envelopes. Or we practiced our math skills by baking cookies and breads. Or we practiced our craft skills by creating gifts for other people. And so... You're learning a lot, even if it's not technically in a curriculum. But That's true. yeah, I, I think you're right that you can really adapt any curriculum to anything that you want. And I like that you are saying, even though you're you're on homeschooling, when you finish a unit, you would take a break. Because I think that if you just do it every single day, that becomes a real slog. And you're probably going to make resentful students and and we need breaks too as educators we do need breaks and then you can also i mean i know people who have done things like um they school four weeks on and then they take a week off oh that's a nice thing yeah and so that's another way you could arrange your studies or take a six-week semester and then take a couple of weeks off Mm-hmm. Um, it, we can do a lot of things but we just sometimes just it's nice to realize that you have the whole year and you can arrange it however you want to in the way that fits your family the best. But um, we tended to take we tended to go for at least a month before we needed a break. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it was just a few days. And sometimes it was a couple of weeks. And then sometimes there were unexpected things that shut us down for a month, and we finally would get back on track. And uh, it was during that time that I started keeping my lesson plans a little bit differently, where I would plan and track each subject separately because sometimes we would be able to keep up with our math lessons for example but perhaps not keep up with our I don't know science and experiments or maybe we didn't get all the history done so by tracking each subject separately I could figure out where we might be you know behind not really behind but where we might want to do a little bit more and that proved to be really helpful oh that that's really smart yeah instead of making sure that everything is done every day you yeah. gave yourself a little grace on that that's right and it and it was just another way to not stress myself out we still did just as much work but I just kept track of it differently and um, I know when the high school kids were tracking their time for their credits we had like a, a cross-off sheet of this many class hours because we were using Carnegie units oh sure and it was kind of an element of fun after each lesson to just give that little x and if they had done two cross off two little squares but they could see the time remaining to have a credit for that class was getting shorter and shorter 
slightly motivating if you're a little bit of a nerd. But yeah, <laughs> no, I could us. see that uh, being able to see the progress would help, uh, particularly if it's a subject you're not enjoying, That's knowing true. that, oh, every day I've done something and I'm really accomplishing something. Getting closer to your goal, yeah. Well, that's great. I um, Did you ever school like on a Saturday or a Sunday? We never did. Yeah. We just needed the weekends for other things. We kind of saved those for family and church. And um, we, I have heard of some people that, you know, if, if you don't get your school done during the week, you can do Saturday school. But we had so many other activities already on the calendar for Saturday. We just never did. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea to use school as a punishment, per mm -hmm. se. Um now, we did have a thing where you need to get your schoolwork done by 3 o'clock. We did, too. And if you didn't get it done, then maybe you didn't get to go outside right away because you had to finish that work that you were supposed to do. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think using school as a punishment is really effective because you're home together all the time. You don't want to start creating resentments. It's true. Very true. All right. Well, here at the end of the podcast, we like to take some questions. And, Melody, what questions do we have today? I have a question here from someone anonymous. What do I do if my curriculum isn't working for my child? Well, yeah, curriculum doesn't work for every child, that's for sure. And I've had I had an experience with that. I've used Debecca when mm -hmm. I was starting off with my my students, and it's a it's a great curriculum for elementary school, very systematic. And I thought their phonics program was really good, but my middle son did not agree <laughs> <laughs> and in fact it was to the point where I got out the little reading curriculum and he would actually get up and leave the room oh, he man. wanted to go and hide and that was the opposite of what I was trying to accomplish <laughs> so I I asked around uh, other people who had homeschooled what curriculum do you use for reading and one person said sing spell read and write and I found out that that was a multi-sensory curriculum and it had songs. Well, this child loved songs. Okay. So I was fortunate. I found a used um, a Sing, Spell, Read, and Write at mm -hmm. a homeschool book fair. And I purchased it. And I purchased the little workbooks that went along with it. And do you know what happened? He would get up in the morning and start coloring his little pages. Oh. And it he he loved that curriculum, and it was night and day. So it's a fortunate. huge turnaround. It was huge. So if you can change your curriculum, please try to. You know, ask others what they've used, See and, and look at your child and see what kind of learner are they. And if you can change your curriculum, great. But say you have a Becca and you find out that you have a hands-on learner, there are things you can do if you can't change it. So change some of the activities. Um, and, and with my oldest son, I put some of the little letters and things on the floor and let him jump from one to another and give me the sounds. So I was able to make it interactive for him, even though it was really a pretty dry curriculum. So if your yeah. curriculum's not working, if you can get a different one, great. If you can't, Modify what you can and just uh, you'll know if you're doing well with your modifications if your child lights up and they want to do the curriculum and if they run out of the room well then I, <laughs> there's your clue that that's not working we, um, we had a similar experience with our math program it did not it worked really well for almost everyone but for my one one daughter uh, did not like having to use that curriculum she really wanted to write 
on her page, and I was using that book for everyone, so oh, that wasn't an option. Right. And so it might have been a tracking difficulty from the book to the th to the paper, uh, but we solved some of that by doing some things out loud while I looked for something else. Mm, and mm -hmm. then some of that, I just took the problems and we did them in another way, and we incorporated some math games that were covering the same subject, same topics. But like you said, I modified it just to make it work. Because at that point, it was like, I'm sorry, honey, this is what we have. Right. We're going to make it work The somehow. budget is finite. <laughs> I've already gone shopping. And so um, she um, turns out to be, she's just fine in math. She learned, even though she didn't love the curriculum, she managed to work her way through it. And then we found other things that she really enjoyed. So we would start with the things she liked the least and work toward the subjects that she really enjoyed and that made it a little bit more palatable. Well, those are good suggestions for when you can't change the curriculum. Did we have any other questions we could cover today? Here's one from Carla. My child is overwhelmed and shutting down. Am I teaching too much? It could be. It could be. The, there's that a, goes along with what we were just talking about. Right. The, there are several reasons why your child might be shutting down. Melody, um, what what are some of those reasons? You, I know you have an educational background, so I'm going to ask you for your professional opinion, <laughs> and then I can weigh in with my um, homeschool mom with no educational background. Well, uh, as far as so everyone would know the signs that they're shutting down. It might be tears. It might be throwing a fit. It might be jumping up and running out of the room. Um, but we often find that we want to finish these lessons because someone has put them in the book and we <laughs> push to finish. So sometimes, uh, maybe I should say almost all the times, small, younger children need shorter lessons. And I found it was much more effective to do a short five or ten minute lesson uh, where the child was engaged and grasping the concepts and then stop because you can always come back for another short five or ten minute lesson and not try to get a whole thing done all at once. And also to slowly build up like some stamina for schoolwork. Mm -hmm. You can do short lessons that can gradually get longer as the year goes by. But um, I think that we've all done that at least one time. It pushed somebody, push to finish, and then the child is at the point of tears. And if they're crying, they're not engaged, they're not learning anyway. That is not a good idea. Right, right. Sometimes they're shutting down because of uh, physical things such as visual yes. problems or they are simply not ready. Mm -hmm. Readiness, you can't make someone read until they're ready. So sometimes, and kids don't say, I'm sorry, but this is hard. They just act kind of snarky. That's true. So, you know, if your kid's just acting rude and cranky and all, it's their way of saying, I can't handle this. And then we have to be the detective mm -hmm. and figure out why. But yeah, so if someone's shutting down, there's definitely a problem. It might be the curriculum. It might be something physical. It might be the way what we're expecting out of them for their age or yeah. So you kind of have to go through a mental checklist. Right. And mom detective. And yeah. sometimes, you know, you've seen your child, they're not acting quite themselves, and the next day they turn out to be sick. True. So we just have to be more aware of what's going on with this little person, try to figure out what the problem is. Sometimes we don't know, but sometimes and, we And we even really when do. they're even when they're teenagers that, that Especially can sometimes then. happen. I remember that uh, one of my children had a really hard time with math. 
And when we would sit down to do math, all of a sudden there were just all kinds of attitude problems. And they never said, mom, this is hard for me. This doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I was thinking, well, you're 13. Why? <laughs> what's your problem? But, you know, even teenagers sometimes have a hard time realizing when things are causing them problems and expressing that. So again, you know, it's, it's our job to get, get rid of emotion as much as possible and try to find out what's going on. Maybe give a snack. Sometimes people just need a snack. Sometimes they they get hangry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My, my son gets hangry if he hasn't eaten. Oh my goodness. A seven year old. And I'm like, Oh, you just need to eat something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just need to get up and walk around. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe don't you need some fresh air. Don't chain them to the desk. That, that makes kids shut down too. Uh, schools have recess for a reason. And homeschools would be smart to also have a recess. And I'd make my son go outside in the morning before we start school, run around a little bit. And then we come in, he's ready to do some things. And then we take a break. We go back outside, do something Mm -hmm. else. And so that's really helpful for for student and teacher. So, yeah, shutting down is definitely a sign that something's amiss. Yeah. It might be. might be that you're teaching too much. And also you don't have to be afraid of backing down just a little and come back to it later. Mm. Very good points. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, we would love to hear them. Send us an email to beyondtranscripts at transcriptmaker.com. We would love to know what you decided after hearing this episode of year-round versus traditional homeschooling, and if you made any changes in how you're going to homeschool after hearing this episode. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. And I'm Melody. Happy homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly Williams-Urbach. Thank you for listening to Beyond Transcripts, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our music is by the great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. Oh, I didn't clap. Okay, we got to start back over. All right. Yeah, this all <laughs> I, just, I just knocked my microphone off. Okay. Let's, good clap.